But if you saw that, if you saw the founder and he was in the spirit dance, would it make you feel, would you be like, what, what kind of feelings do you think you would have inside of you? Excitement. Excitement? Well, he's, if he's in, standing there and he's if naked. He's in the, um, well, naked. And he's in the spirit. No, not nothing bad, but he's dancing in the spirit. And it's, no, they don't just go, boom. But as he's dancing and everything, his clothes are starting to fall off. The next thing you know, his clothes are gone. How do you think that would make you feel? Well, I, I don't know. You, it, it would, I would um, probably do like the Church of God in Christ, get sheets, maybe try to cover him up. Yeah, it, it stir up a feeling. That's mm -hmm. the whole point. It would stir up a feeling in you. And this feeling that it stirred up in Michael was contempt. Now, whether she's happy or sad or, 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 or feels embarrassed, that should not lead to contempt, especially when somebody's going forth in the spirit. One thing the Church of God in Christ does do, when the people start shouting, they throw the sheet over and pull down. Everything. I remember my mother telling me about how they up in D.C., they would put the sheet on the person, and people would be shouting, they'd be standing on the four corners of the sheet, and the sheet would be going up in the the person inside just shouting and everything. But this is the, that's the end of the chapter. All right. The thing that brought that, seeing that brought up in Michael, Saul's daughter, was contempt. Now, what is contempt? Can anybody hazard a, a, a guess at contempt? What does contempt mean? What is the word? Have you ever heard the phrase contempt of court? Somebody, they do something in court, and you're, you're found in contempt. The judge says you're found in contempt. What does that mean? It means that you're against the court. You're adverse to the court. All right? You're offending the court with your distaste and displeasure that you direct towards the court. What, what Michael felt was inappropriate. Because mm -hmm. if she was embarrassed, she could have been embarrassed for the king. But she shouldn't have contempt for him or even for what he was doing because he was going forth in the spirit. Now, when chapter 15 opens up, what do we see? David's doing what? He made a house in the city. He's built some houses in the city and whatnot. What else is he doing? He prepared a place for the ark. He prepared a place for the ark. Why is he preparing a place for the ark? Anybody? You kind of had experience that you can't just take it where you want it to go. Ah, so we've seen this before. This is, what, the 13th chapter, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Didn't David get a great idea? Didn't he decide, let's move the ark of God to the capital of our new kingdom? What better idea is that? Do you think that was a good idea or a bad idea? Based on the result? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's based on the result of the 13th chapter and the 15th chapter. Because I asked you this question in the 13th chapter, and there was one answer. But if you look at both chapters, at what happened, both is moving the ark a good idea? And you can answer any way you want. You can even qualify it. Was, the way he did it wasn't, did it wasn't right. Because he didn't really talk to God about it. Or get any Levites to carry. Exactly. 
And as we went through chapter 15, as you read through chapter 15, you probably noticed <laughs> that not only did David prepare a place for the ark, he went to the people that God said could move. Now, did you notice anything different about 13 and 15 about the way David moved the ark? Um, he he kind of told them to be like very precise and not to touch it Mm, mm. One thing that they never did, God never allowed, was for the ark to be moved on a cart. Mm -hmm. That sounds like, oh, well, why not? Why not? There, was a, there was a group of people in the Levites, and their job, they were born to this job. They trained in this job. They lived and died in this job. Their whole life was to move the ark. They didn't have the ark on a cart pulled by horses or donkeys or oxen or anything. But people moved it. And only on special occasions like when uh, they were going to Jericho, when they were marching around, that the priests themselves, which were also Levites, were, were, were carrying the ark. But in this case, what did David say? What, what, what was David's... What was David's uh, thoughts about moving the ark? What, what verse are we at? We're we're in we're past the beginning. We're in the beginning. By verse three, David's gathering everybody in in Israel, coming to Jerusalem. They want to bring the ark of the Lord to this place that David has prepared. David assembles the Levites in chapter four. And the sons of Kohan, they're called the Kohathites. What was their job? Well, it doesn't really say here, but they were the guys that carried the ark. And then we go through the next few verses and we're seeing who, who David's, uh, the sons of these people, the sons of those people, the sons of the other people, and their relatives. They're all brought here, brought together. Sons of Uziel come, everybody's there. By verse 11, David called for Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, and for the Levites, for Uriel, Asaza, and Joel, Shemaiah, and Eliel, and Imanab, um, Aminadab, Aminadab. He's talking to them. He says, you guys are the leaders. Y'all are the chiefs, of, the chiefs of the Levites. Fine, Levites. Go and clean yourselves up. You got a job to do. Now, before, David grabbed a bunch of guys. Hey, you, 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 come here, come here. Grab this ark. Or, or walk behind the ark. He's going to cart. Or whatever. Isn't it funny how even the people who have the law sometimes forget the law? You know, David knew nobody was supposed to touch the, law, the, the uh, ark but the Levites. He knew it. But he had a good idea. And he got so caught up in this great idea that he kind of forgot some basic things. Has that ever happened to anybody here? Give me an example. Anybody here? Have you ever just had a good idea and got caught up in the in the in implementing it and forgot something basic? Anybody? Two people. Give me an example. I guess when you're when you're cooking something that you've cooked over a hundred times and then you have you're going step by step and then you forget 
if you get one particular seasoning and you find out as you eat it that that seasoning, that particular one was a big deal. Yeah. It was what you were looking for. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's a good example, Louise. Uh, Brother Louise, anybody else got an example in your life where you've had a good idea and you messed it up because you were so copying your idea you forgot something basic? I just say in general, planning events for the church. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you can get so caught up in the event itself. And I know with me, details of the event that you forget it's a fellowship or altar call or, you know, <laughs> this is a church event because we want people to be saved, you know, not just to have fun and eat. You know what I mean? So sometimes that can happen. Um, down to the music and what things you don't want to have a church event you just like youtubing or playing mm -hmm. random music that people like no mm -hmm. it's there's a focus a here and some, right. yeah sometimes you can get caught up in the fellowship and forget what type of fellowship it is it's supposed to be and that's we're looking at you you're both of you are talking exactly what happened to david what did david forget in everything in verse in chapter 13 when David tried this the first time, what did he forget? What was the ingredient he forgot? God's blessing. Hmm? God's blessing. Levites. He forgot the Levites. That's a big part of it. What else? He forgot to ask God. Hmm. I'm going to do something so good for God that he's going to love it, but you forgot to ask God if that's what he wants. It's like he wanted to build him a house. Wanted to build him a house. Yeah, that's great. It's a great idea, David. As a matter of fact, somebody you know is going to do that. And, and what what can be disheartening about it is when we read it from the vantage point that we have. Sometimes it's like, see, that's what's wrong with religion. That's not what's wrong. With mm -hmm. That's not what's wrong. What it is is we get more caught up in how we want to do it and don't look at why God has it set up that way. Let's just use logic in a minute for a moment. David doesn't do it the way it's instructed this time. He leaves out consulting God, consulting the Levites. He has, what else do they move on, on the way that they did? Grain, mm -hmm. rice, mm -hmm. well, probably not rice at that time. Grain, not uh, wheat. We, goods, materials, weapons, tools, whatever. Those are all things that you can move in that same way. But if you don't consider the Ark of the Covenant in a greater light than those things, it's right. just a thing. Okay. It's just a thing. But then the reverence for it becomes minimal. Then the reverence for what it represents becomes minimal. And we don't see it like that until we get so far down the line where we stop recognizing God. Of course you can worship God at home. Of course, well, of course you can watch a sermon on television and not have to go get dressed up and everything to go to church and that sort of thing. That's all possible. But when that becomes the focus about being comfortable, then the focus is you. Mm -hmm. 
And then God is further and further from the point of reference, then he's more just a, a reference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll ask him about, oh, what you think about this? Uh, that sounds too hard. I'm going to do it my way. Thanks for your advice, though. He's not just your advisor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be Lord. He's supposed to be king and give instructions that you follow. And when we have religious practices that keeps it ever constant in our mind why we're doing these things, then it helps us to keep in mind who we are dealing with. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that gets mit, mixed up and messed up and people get the wrong view because of the who they see doing things a certain way. Amen. So David looks out at the folks and he tells them, okay, Levites, y'all were missing before. Go clean yourself up. You've got a job to do. God came out, he said he burst out against us. He said God made a breach in the King James Version. God made a breach against us because y'all weren't here last time. All right. And what he actually says later in that verse, verse uh, 13, God made a, the Lord our God made a breach upon us for, for that we sought him not after the due order. Basically, we didn't ask him about the procedure. And it's exactly like the pastor said. We carry goats. We carry dead bodies from battle. Mm -hmm. We carry trash, garbage, the stuff. Remember when Saul became king? And they found him hiding behind the stuff. We carry the stuff. All that they carry on carts. But you don't take garbage, put it on a, put it in a box, run uh, poles through the box, through the rails on the box, and have men carry those poles on their shoulders. You don't do that. No. No, you don't do that. You say stuff like that for royalty. Mm -hmm. Think about the shows you've seen about the ancient times, medieval times even, and before. Think about Cleopatra. Think about how royalty was transported. They'd have royalty on, in these carriages, on poles. Because a person can negotiate and keep everything, uh, it's like a shock absorber, keep everything smooth and walking. And there's reverence there. You've got actual humans serving the one on the pole. That sounds kind of bad. The one being carried. But when we look at chapter 13, David, had, he, he, was, he forgot all about asking God about what to do, even though he knew how the ark was supposed to be transported. Most of them, the, the priests knew, the king knew. And it was so into their good idea that they forgot the main ingredient, reverence to God.